Well, typically, and this is this would be really good for all the you know the the younger people that you're really hoping this impacts. I always start with desire and dreams. I don't really care who if it can be someone that's a professional athlete, the professional soccer player. When we first started talking about, actually, it's probably been about three years ago, uh, and I started mentoring him. Um, he already knows how to be a professional athlete. He's already the best of the best at what he does, but. You know, so I use the Tiger Woods analogy. Tiger Woods, uh, there's none of his coaches that have ever played as good at golf as he does. So what does he pay him for coaching? I mean, it's really like, that's a great question, right? Well, the, what he pays him for is to pull out the nuances of the best Tiger can be. Yeah. And this is what coaching does. And because everyone has blind spots. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have a special guest here today. I have Don Long here with me, and he has done this for three decades. He has founded or co-founded six different companies to the tune of over $100 million in lifetime revenue. The last company he built went in the top 1,000 companies in the United States in that industry. He is the author of two books, The Blueprint of God and the international bestseller, Sell or Don't Eat. Additionally, Don has authored, authored three courses, The Blueprint Matrix, Selling Them from the Soul, and the World Class Business Assessment Tool. He actively engages in consulting and coaching with executives and their teams, speakers, and entrepreneurs from all walks of life in uncovering their identity, facilitating wealth creation, and in the process, increasing their impact to change the world for good. John is also a speaker and would make, uh, and is a and is running as a podcast guest out there. And I want to tell you, welcome to the show, Don. Thanks, it's uh, Cody. It's really good to be with you and your and your uh, people there. Well, listen, man, I am really excited because um, one of the things that really stands out to me, and we've got some stuff to dive into, but uh, one of your goals is to impact the world for good, and. I think there's a, you know, I think that there is a connection to entrepreneurship and that thought process, because I think that we uh, have this natural affinity of trying to fix things. And I want to get your idea of why that's important to you as part of what you put out into the world as, you know, this is who I am. Yeah, you know, I, I started this process. Um, I've probably been doing it most of my life accidentally, but probably more on purpose around 2016 when I, when I felt like I had this, um, I don't know if you would call it an epiphany, a revelation, insight, uh, something happened to me and, and some of my thought process started shifting to wanting to be able to impact people outside of the industries that I had been involved in only and getting a larger 
metrics of influence outside of those particular companies that I started. Not, you know, I was having great impact with the people, my teams, my inner circles, the, the clients that we had, but I felt like there was more. And uh, that was one reason to author a couple books. Uh, uh, the sales books actually was an accident. I had a friend of, a close friend of mine who was in the musician. He was a musician in the music business, but he was transitioning into, um, he's got a wife and kids and he was transitioning into wanting to do something that was more stable and didn't have a lot of travel. And so we were friends for probably seven or eight years before uh, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, I, I want to talk to you about business stuff. And so we got together and, and I started teaching him because one of his drawbacks was he didn't feel like he could talk to people or sell. It was basically built around. He didn't have, he's more introverted as a person. And so we had about six weeks of meetings over coffee for a couple hours a time. And, um, it changed his life. He, uh, he came in one day and uh, he was overwhelmed and excited all at the same time because he went <laughs> from zero clients to too much business in six weeks. And it was so exciting to me because one of the things that I noticed in that time frame was how much life he had on it. And it, his, his impact and success he was having was I was getting more out of it than he was, maybe not financially, but every other way. And I started realizing, wait a minute, wait a minute, if, if, if I carry, and one of, one of the things that I realized is, is that entrepreneurs by and large love to teach. Yeah. They love to give away what they have. And uh, that's the way I've always been. And even with some competitors at times, I would give them tidbits because I play golf. So I don't know if you know much about golf, but a lot of times the golfers will help each other on the pro tour, you know, and, and it's like, so that's kind of the way I am naturally, but I think most entrepreneurs are that way in their heart, you know, and they'll give away what they have. And so I started realizing at that point in time, wait a minute, I've, I've been in business and run several companies at high levels for over 30 years at that time or 28 or 29 around that time frame, And I'm thinking maybe I have more, you know, to give than I think. So just that one success started me on this journey of, of writing and we wrote the sales book kind of as a, you know, he said, you got to put this out for people. People like me need this information. And so I did it. And, um, it's, uh, it had some success early on for sure. And, you know, um, ended up writing the blueprint of God, which is my second book, which is more of my passion. It's more around building, um, things. And like you said, fixing things, entrepreneurs, are, are fixers basically they're builders and so um i wanted to write this i'd got this kind of insight over several years from about 2006 until 16 and i thought well you know what i really need to put this in a book form and in a course form so i can actually pass the knowledge along you know um there's a lot to unpack in there and one of the things that i heard in there um was that, you know, entrepreneurs, we want to share our message. We want to share the things that we've learned, right? And I think uh, to tie it kind of with what the money talkers piece is, is I think is a, we want to even do it more for young people that want to learn from us, right? I think that we, you know, we, you, know, you can circle the wagons a little bit somewhere uh, with other peers. And I have never been that way. Um, but there's, I see, I've seen it, you know, where people don't want to give away too much. They're afraid that they're going to give away their secret sauce that they think they're the only ones that know how to do. But I have very ever rarely seen it where if a young person came to ask them questions about the industry that you wouldn't go, you know, head over heels trying to just 
encourage them and, you know, pass that knowledge on. And I, and I'm wondering if you have the same experience. Absolutely. I have a guy right now who's uh, used to be a professional soccer player and his, he, what he does now is he has these teams of younger kids that he teaches. And I don't really know how the system works in soccer. So I don't know anything about soccer. I know him. And, but these young people that he mentors as he builds these teams and builds life into them is so exciting because I get to pour into him and then I get to see the result of all these young kids you know, and so it's exciting to me. I, you know, I have two daughters and uh, one of them's 26 and married now and one of them's 21 and she's getting ready to be out of college at the end of uh, next summer. But both of them, I've been able to pour in these things. So my oldest daughter is an entrepreneur. She has her own business and uh, she's succeeding, uh, you know, so much more so than I did when I was 26. And so it's exciting. And you know what? Young people are pliable a lot of yeah. times. We're the older you get, it seems like our heads get hard and we can't quite <laughs> learn from each other. But I really love the whole thought, let every man be my teacher. Yeah. I really love that thought. I sometimes have a hard time with it, but I try to always stay somewhat childlike when I get around people that uh, are younger than me, that might be less experienced than I am, because, you know, uh, for sure, the way I ended up writing my sales book and creating that course was from someone who didn't even know how to sell, you know, and it inspired me. And without that, I would probably wouldn't have wrote the book. Uh, you know, I wasn't thinking about writing a sales book. And so it's really, I think, you know, from an entrepreneur perspective, we talked a little bit about this before we went on, but, you know, it goes back for me and my faith because, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were basically giving a duty as to be business people and nation builders. And so when I talk about creating a space in people to do good, I'm actually talking about nationally. I'm talking about your local government, your state. Of course, we're in, we're in the, uh, getting ready to be in the election today. But more so than just that, I'm talking about cultural change. And I, I really believe that uh, if you educate the youth, they actually have a, a more propensity to actually change for a whole generation of time. So that's kind of exciting to me. Yeah. And I think that they haven't, they don't know that they can't do it, I guess, right. you know, because a lot of times um, that's what I believe holds a lot of people, the older you get, holds you back because you start to think about the things you can lose. And as a younger person, you're starting to think about the things that you can change. That's right. right? And that's a, uh, that's a very important difference in mindset. And that's one of the reasons that I want, you know, it's so important for me that we can connect parents and give them the tools to help kids just, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to move the needle, you know, but it's like these small pieces that we can give them have massive impacts because they can go out and they can solve bigger problems and take bigger risks because they don't know they can't. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You and know, kids, you know, the, you, you know uh, kids are just, they're more pliable and they don't, they'll listen to you. You know, and it's like you said, if I have someone, well, nowadays, anybody comes up and asks me about different business things, I just pour into them because, look, I've never given away more than I've received. Absolutely. It's impossible. And so I just stay on the path of giving and it, it, all the things that I need in my life, they're, they're tracking me down. That's the way it works. You know, I love that idea because that has been my mentality. And I didn't realize it until later in life until you can kind of reflect on those things. But I've always been kind of a person that wants to give away any of the knowledge that I can. 
I also have kind of figured out over, over time that I, I, in my mind, I believe that your success and uh, your outcomes will be greatly affected by your determination of who you take your information from. Exactly. Because right. everyone's willing to give it, right? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> but, I, but I'd really liked your idea where you said I come into it childlike, you know, where I, I have to remind myself to be childlike. And uh, because as children, you, you're, you're willing to listen. You don't have to, they don't take all the advice, but they're willing to listen. And then I think that if you don't take that mentality of I can learn from everyone, I think you end up missing out of a lot of, I think you miss a lot of opportunities and a lot of information. Right. Absolutely. What you do with that information is a totally different story, you know? (laughs) And so, um, well, I want to ask you, so when you go into, you've gone into a coaching, um, right. And how long have you been doing coaching? I've pretty much been doing coaching for probably the last 15 years in and outside of the companies. And, and I just kind of have taken on it as an individual mandate, probably the last couple of years. Yeah. So let's, uh, so when you come into a coaching situation, one, can you describe the way that the, who you're attracting as your avatar that comes to you? Right. And then what is the, where is, where do you start? Like, what's your beginning? Well, typically, and this is, this would be really good for all the, you know, the, the younger people that you're really hoping this impacts. I always start with desire and dreams. I don't really care who, if it can be someone that's a professional athlete, the professional soccer player, when we first started talking about, actually it's probably been about three years ago, uh, and I started mentoring him. Um, he already knows how to be a professional athlete. He's already the best of the best at what he does. But, you know, so I use the Tiger Woods analogy. Tiger Woods, uh, there's none of his coaches that have ever played as good at golf as he does. So what does he pay him for coaching? I mean, it's really like, that's a great question, right? Well, the, what he pays them for is to pull out the nuances of the best tiger can be. Yeah. And this is what coaching does. And because everyone has blind spots, uh, I teach the, the uh, within my kind of assessment tool, I teach the DISC tool, which is a personally, personality profile test. And um, the mentor who helped me with this, we added some layers on it that are not DISC related. But the main key to that, it, 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 when you're coaching someone, is it, it shows the disassessment assessment itself shows that everyone has a 33% blind spot. Hmm. So it, it doesn't matter. If it makes sense, when you look at the four quadrants, if you look at the assessment, you'll realize that you're primarily one quadrant and you overlap into a secondary. So if you look at it from that standpoint, you really only, without the other quadrants, you're only like uh, 40%. Uh, total there, you know, when you look at it that way, but it's so cool to see people light up. So when I, when I start with desires and dreams, it doesn't matter whether you're, uh, whether you run a hundred million dollar business or whether you have a lemonade sale. When I start talking to you about your desires, I can get to the heart of the matter in just seconds. Then from there, we start building on different other tools that I use. Strengths is another one. Uh, And then your innate gifting and talents. And this is what would work well with the people that you're really trying to impact through your thing is that if parents could start learning and this, I wish I had known this knowledge when my kids were like two or three, I got it by the time they were, my oldest was probably 10 or 11 years old. So, and my youngest was about six. So I was really able to start implementing some of these things with them and working with their natural innate giftings and talents. And there's a way to find out with your kids. It's so easy. And when you tie the strengths and the desires together, uh, man, you're on the road right there because those two are powerful. If I get a, an adult or a child 
to start understanding what they dream of, what they burn for naturally on the inside, and, and also see some of their natural strengths and abilities. It makes the other steps that you have to go through in the process so much easier because you're starting with a great foundation. So where would you start? Like, let's, so let's, let's practicality say that, like, if you're looking for that natural innate gifting and talents and you're looking for those dreams and desires, you know, I, I, if I went to my kids, so I currently have a six and a nine year old, right. Yep. And if I went to them and I said, Hey, what's your dreams and desires? I don't, right. I think they would probably right. look at me and be like, right. I, I don't know. My little girl's nine. She'd probably sit me down for three hours. My son would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, but I, I wonder where you would start at that kind of age to be able to do that. Cause it's a little different to go to somebody that's 25, 30 to do that. But I think if you could identify it earlier in life and they'll change, obviously, I mean, you know, she's going to say like, uh, you know, meet the cast of Descendants or something like, and so, uh, you know, but, um, but I, I wonder what the process looks like for that. So you just change the language. So mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in language. Yeah. And so what I would do with a six-year-old versus a 26-year-old is I would talk to them differently. You communicate. One of the things that I teach in my business assessment tool is the very first step in creating a great business is communication. And not only communicating to your clients, but really communicating to the, your staff. And what I realized in communicating to clients over 35 years is that clients want to be communicated to the way to, they want to receive communication the way they want to receive it, not the way you want to give it. Mm -hmm. And when I learned that and my business has exploded. So here's what I would do. I'll give you an example, your six-year-old. So there's probably things that your six-year-old is good at that you can see that they can't. Mm -hmm. Every parent can see like maybe like when I built a Lego set when I was young, it looked like a freak. Well, I have, you know, a brother when he built it, he could build the Empire State Building. So what that tells me immediately is that points to their strengths, that points to something innate to them that they were born with. So to a six year old, when I go talk to them, if I had to do it over with with my kids, I would say, hey, what do you, what's, what's exciting about school today? What's exciting? What do you want to do when we go outside and play? I would try to build something around excitement. See, or, or like if they're, if they use this language, which at six, they probably don't, what's beautiful to you? What, what, you know, what creates wonder? What do they spend their time doing when they're not watching TV or with you in the room? What did those things right there? I would pull on those. Like if, my youngest is, is loves poetry. And so she would, she's kind of an art person. And so she would draw. So I would take those drawings and say, Hey, so we'll tell, man, this is great. What do you, what is it that excites you about this? So I would draw the conversation in terms they could understand. Whereas if I had a 26 year old or a 36 year old, I would actually communicate a little differently, even though I can tell you this, uh, the simpler you can make communication, no matter what the, uh, what, where the person has it in their business career or their life age uh, is, is works for all generations. So if I can teach it to a kid, I can easily teach it to an adult and I'd use some of the same language. So one of the, th one of the steps in my seven step process in the blueprint of God is what's beautiful to you. I ask that question. What creates wonder? What makes you fully alive? what makes you burn on the inside when you get around it. Everyone has those things. It's like, for me, uh, much like you, I like to talk. So one of my strongest gifts is talking, you know? So when I'm on the stage speaking and giving uh, transformation for lack of better words to an audience, man, I'm fully alive. I'm fully engaged. And so 
I learned, okay, so that's one of my gifts. That's one of the things, that's one of my strengths and innate abilities. And so when you, it's really easy with kids, especially if they're in your own home. And this is what I want your audience to hear is look, start finding, as soon as you find out what they're interested in and what they do when they're not told to do it, that's where you start. Because that points to innate abilities, it points to desire, and it points to dreams. You might, they might not be able to articulate it like that yet. They probably won't be at six. Hey, when they get to be 10, they might, but six, maybe not. But you can still work with that. And that's where you start asking the questions. You see, life is built on the power of the questions you ask and the answers you get from the people you're asking. And it's a form of communication. It's so easily done because with, with your children, like they're going to tell you if they love coloring, for instance, and they'll tell you why. And why did you color it that way? And engage your kids at their level. One of the things that I always, you know, I've mentored parents over the years as well, because I have kids and other people have kids that have different issues, right? Everybody's family seems to have different issues. So when I had something that worked proficiently in my family, I would try to give it away just like in my businesses. And so what I realized is, is when communicating with kids when they're younger, always get on their level. I would get on my knees. I would look them eye to eye. I would never let them look up to me because I wanted them to understand I'm with you in this. And when I figured that out, the communication with my children, it just went off the roof as far as them feeling like they were understood and that they had a connection with me. Because look, at the end of the day, us as parents, what we want above all things is connections with our children, right? Absolutely. You know, that's so. something that came up um, through doing this process with Money Talkers was I originally started out with wanting to just teach personal finance to kids. And as I discussed with a large group of people in the information technology space of, you know, teaching their uh, core competencies and those kinds of things. They all said, man, I am, I'm so glad you're doing that because I didn't get anything in school about that. I said, Oh, well then your parents must've taught you everything. You know, it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing because I never had anybody go, but my parents taught me everything about personal finance. And it was like, <laughs> I said, did your parents talk to you about money? And they said, oh no. I'm like, well, when'd you figure it out? Well, I was about, and they would drop whatever, you know, 25 and I had a 500 credit score and I was $20,000 in debt. And I was about, I lost two businesses and I just was hit rock bottom. And I'm like, and um, I said, I said, what did, what do you think would have happened if you never fell in that hole? Right. And you had had that relationship. And I said, and, and, you know, and I've made some people uncomfortable because then I said to them, well, do you talk to your kids about money? That's right. Because otherwise the cycle continues, right? And people, people blame themselves for having to go through that process and they feel like they don't know enough to, to talk to their kids about entrepreneurship, about money. You know, you would be surprised at what a kid can soak up on that stuff. Absolutely. So this is a great story to pour to, to in here. So I was just down at uh, Andrew's house, who's the professional soccer player I was telling you about, and he's got stair steppers. He's got two boys and a girl. And I think the oldest boy is probably maybe eight or nine. And then the next one's a couple years different, something like that, 10 or eight and 10 or nine and seven, something like that. So here's the deal. So they live close to Pinehurst, which there's a lot of pine trees down there. People don't know North Carolina. And so when the storms come by, they knock all the cones off in your yard. 
and you don't want the cone set in your yard because it burns the grass up on it when the sun comes out, right? And so uh, he is teaching his kids at a young age, which is what I teach some of the people that I work with about entrepreneurship. So now I found out last Friday night, they have like a business going and they called it, they use their initials of the first two of their names and it's L&M Enterprises. And what they do now, they have four clients within uh, walking the distance of their house where they, when the storm hits, they go and pick up cones and they get paid for it. And he said, it was amazing when they got their first $15, both of the kids looked at it like, wow, can we get some more customers, dad? That was their first question. <laughs> and it was so cool because it's like, it's that easy. It's like not complicated. We have uh, kids right behind us here in our neighborhood who they're, I guess, I don't know if it's their mother or dad, because I don't really haven't had much interaction with them, but they'll set a stand up and they'll sell lemonade from time to time. And the, the kids are out there doing it, you know, and so I always buy it. It's like, you know, it's like 50 cents. I'm always getting $5 for a cup, you know, because I, I want to inspire them, you know. And so it's like, it's that little things like that is something that I didn't do with my kids early enough probably when they were 10 or 12 years old, I started doing things like that. But the sooner it's like when they're four or five years old, they can learn these principles. And it's, it's really built around. If you take the, the parable of the talents, it's built around the talents they already have and engaging them and learning how to, I, I love some of the uh, stuff that the first T does about personal responsibility, counting your strokes, being honest, all the their curriculum that they go through. It's really a basis of how to do life when you get older. That's funny. My, my kids do the first T and they had a lemonade stand called the little squeezers. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We went, well, we went through a, um, you know, we went through uh, a quasi business plan template at the time. And now I have an actual official one that you can kind of go through with kids talking it teaches them about margin that when they sell something there's a cost to it and you have startup costs and how do you go to an investor which is usually mom and dad but you know we went through a naming process because you know we put them all down we started voting and then we got it down and we you know came up with a little squeeze little, little squeezers and so they uh you know but just it's it's so I, I agree with you that it's it's so simple but it takes it takes the effort to be present because you you can't in my mind I don't think you can shut it, shut it down based on the merit of the idea, but more so that you are following the teaching of a framework, mm -hmm. right? My kids are not going to grow up and produce lemonade for their, you know, their, their big entrepreneur. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they start selling on the internet. Maybe they build a big factory. I have no idea. But like my mindset is probably, they're not going to probably be lifelong lemonade sellers, but we went through a process of, okay, well, how are we going to name it? Well, we'll you know, and they came up with crazy stuff. And I'm like, well, does that tell people what you're doing? You know, okay, well, where are we going to get customers? You know, you, and you just kind of talk through these little basic things. And I know that it has lifelong impacts with them so that you can have these frameworks. And you know what? It's so fun for me, right? <laughs> They're like my own little coaching, uh, <laughs> you know, my own, little, my own little coaching clients. And I go in there and you got to deal with the personalities and you got to get over stuff. And I think that, um, I think you're hundred percent about on, on kind of it's it, it, the more simplistic it can be. I think the more impact it'll have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I also yeah. feel like it's not for you to judge the viability of the outcome so much as it is for you to help them go through the framework of the process. That's well, so the framework of the process teaches them personal responsibility, mm -hmm. counting your strokes. You know, if you hit the ball in the bunker, you know, the, the, you have to respect others. This, this whole framework actually will give them feedback, if you will, that puts, instills these 
things that for probably a broader term of self-governing themselves over a lifetime that pays big dividends going forward. Yeah, I, I love the way you just framed that. Um, well, uh, Don, one of the things um, that I last one of the things I want to kind of touch base with you. Um, you stated in your in your in you know earlier when I was reading your intro that one of your other main goals is uh, facilitating wealth creation, and I'd like you to define that if you can. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to me. So I, I use the found for the foundation of that whole process. I use the parable of the talents, and anybody can Google it and read it themselves. But basically, everyone comes with different talents and abilities, and this is this is goes without saying because some people can play golf like Tiger Woods and some people can play golf like me. <laughs> so anyway, is, is that not Tiger Woods? Is that what we're saying? Not Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> so at one time uh, when I was uh, younger and played more golf, I actually had a single digit handicap, high single digit, but I probably, you know, if I, if I can shoot in the high, is it per style, hole? Cause otherwise it's not, it's better than mine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Tell somebody. You got, one time. Yeah. You got to get all the details, right? See, I had right. a low, I had a low single handicap. It was just per hole. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I don't play as much as I used to. I got away from it. But the point being is that it, you can look at other people who have what I call, I use the, the exact number. Some people are born with five talents. Some people are born with two. But I can tell you this, what I found out in all the work that I've done over the years with hiring employees at several companies, everybody has one talent. And what you do with it is all that counts. And I know that you can be, because for me, I, I figure, you know, I have other talents and gifts, but my primary one is speaking and motivating and they're kind of connected. And I'm wildly successful just using that one gift and becoming proficient at it. And so the, the thing we have to realize when you do that, when you find those things that you're good at, then that's what you work on. I mean, everyone knows who John Maxwell is. John Maxwell told me one time, he said, never, ever, 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 ever work on your weaknesses again. Once you mm -hmm. find out what your strengths are, why would you? Now we're not talking about moral issues. We're talking about things that you can, you know, that, that are giftings or non-giftings in your life. Like uh, the last company I just sold, uh, I had a vice president of admin who was world-class. I put her up against any fortune 500 company in the United States, period. And she kept my stuff together. But as far as me, I probably like a three in that instead of a 10. She was a rock star. So she was a 10 and it's like, I realized in the last 10 years of the company that I just sold, or maybe the last probably seven years, I started realizing how important it was to have the right gifting in the right spot. And yeah. it just made all the difference in the world. And so when you, when you, it, it's like when you take that uh, protocol of having the talents, if you will, then if you're a high level person, then you got more talents. Andrew, who's one of my personal, people that I'm mentoring, he's probably got four or five talents. He's just a rock star in a lot of areas. And so, you know what? I push him hard because he can take it. When I have other people that I coach that maybe have less going on, then I, I work with people. And I think that's really the basis of how you get the most out of your life is finding out it's like, look, people say, well, what if I only have one talent? I'm like, that's wonderful. That's easier. That's a, well, hey, that's then a you blessing. just focus it's on all, that it, one yeah, thing. Yeah, honestly, it's right? a blessing because you don't have shiny object syndrome quite as much because you know where to go. If you right? have five, you've got all that more that you've got to deal with. And hey, 
to whom much is given, much is required. I've taught my girls this since they were in diapers. And it's like, if you're not faithful in little, you won't be faithful with much. And so when you tie those two things together and you put the, the kind of the talent message as your basis for growing either your children or clients or whatever you're doing in coaching, then it makes things so much easier. Man, that is, uh, I think that's a great point to end on here because we got to get to the high impact series. But uh, Don, I, I want to thank you for coming on to Money Talkers with me. Um, where can people find out more about what you're doing? Uh, just, you can go to my website. It's uh, donwlong.com. So just www.donwlong.com. And uh, all my information's there. Awesome. Well, we'll put some uh, links in the show notes. And uh, thank you for coming on Money Talkers with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.